Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. I absolutely love Christmas. Christmas Eve is like my favorite night of the year. Uh, I just love the traditions that are ingrained in this experience, the, the things that we just know. I, I love the, the Christmas music. I love the Christmas movies we enjoy. I love all the decorations we pull out every year. Uh, this is ours from our home. I, I mean, I love every aspect of the Christmas tradition that we have, the Advent wreath. I love the tradition that we now have in Austin of taking our allergy medicine a little earlier. It's so good. So good to be here. So good to live in Austin. Uh, one of my favorite things about Christmas is learning the unspoken traditions. They're like non-negotiable for each of our families and our upbringing that we have. Uh, I, know, I remember the first year uh, I was married to Jen. I went to her, her, her home for Christmas, and I remember waking up on Christmas morning and wanting to impress them, so I got ready for the day. I got dressed up real nice, and I came clomping down the stairs and and it was like a record scratch moment when Jen saw me and completely embarrassed, told me to go back upstairs, put back on your pajamas. You're not allowed to change from your pajamas till after lunch. You should have known better. You know, it's like we have these like family traditions. It's just understood. Like, like there's two different types of families. It's how, how you open up your presence. There's the type of family, it's like type A and orderly. We take our turns. Open up one at a time. We pay homage to the person who gave us, oh, you gave me this gift. Thank you. Very thoughtful. You gave it to me last year. I'll give it to someone else next year. Great. And then there's the other family who's more like chaotic, free-for-all, who care, who gave this to me. It's like a blender with the lid off. And it's just wrapping papers going everywhere. Just such a materialistic, just wonderful explosion. It's just great. Uh, for me, the tradition that I've grown to love in my life is on Christmas Eve. It's a, it's a tradition that I, I believe, you know, is just so important on Christmas Eve. You have to sing Silent Night with candles lit with a slight possibility of burning down the middle school. That's like a new tradition that I absolutely love. I promise we'll never change that. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. We don't ever say amen, but to that, I guess we will. Great. Um, but for me, part of that is just the theme of light, the theme of light that's a part of the Christmas story. Uh, you know, tonight we, we lit the Christ candle. And just the imagery of this light that has been uh, broken to the world, it's, it illuminates, but it seems also very delicate. It seems easy to put out. But we have this, this Christ candle that we're going to share together. This promise that we have together. Interestingly, 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, a man named Isaiah made a promise about the coming Savior of the world. And in that promise, this is how he spoke of Jesus in Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. That's, that's how Jesus would be. It would be light breaking into this world. And so I've been reading through the Christmas story in our Scriptures, and I've been looking at it under, underneath the, the, the lens of this idea of light. And it, I've wondered who got to see and experience the light of the coming Savior. It seems like two people did. One 
was the story of the shepherds. They were out in the middle of the night and this brilliance of heaven just unfolded in front of them and invited them into the story of, of Jesus. And the second group were the magi. These magi or wise men, their story began far away from this manger scene. It began in possibly a place like Persia. These men were scholars. They were well-educated. They were educated primarily around philosophy, world religions, and astrology. So on one evening, one of these magi was walking around and something caught his eye and he looked up in the heavens and it was a star. It was out of place. It was, it was, it was a little astonishing. It was peculiar. And he noticed it. And something interesting for them and their belief is that the stars would declare a great king. When a king was born, the stars, the heavens would make it known. And so he sees these stars and he, he goes and he pulls the sleeves of two other magi and they go outside and they, they look at the star that's over the west. And they think about the people who were over there, over the west of them, and they thought about the different people groups and they remembered Israel. Interestingly, generations before that, the people of Israel were in exile there in that region. And I would just wonder if they held on to the Scriptures, since these were scholars and they were interested in the world religions. I wonder if they knew of the prophecy that they held, that people in Israel held, about this unexpected light that would one day come. And Isaiah said this, Isaiah 61 through 6. Notice this. I just wonder if this is one of the promises that they heard, that they read. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to the brightness of your dawn. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To the richest of the nations they will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And I wonder after just reading this and considering this passage, I wonder if these magi went back out underneath the stars and they laid down taking in heaven's glories. And I wondered if they thought to themselves, maybe this prophecy was not only about this expected Savior that would one day come, but I wonder if this prophecy was also about us. I wonder if we're, we're called to, to bring the wealth from our nations to go and to worship this new king. So they went. This was no small decision. This journey was estimated to be around 600 to 800 miles. It would take them months, months of traveling. I, I hate to ruin the scene that we have here, but this is kind of a, a more honest depiture of the major scene. There's no wise men here. They're like forever away. They're like down Brody like way far away. I actually have a picture of where I think they would be, where they would be right now. Let's see this picture. They're outside world market. Where else would you get gold and frankincense and myrrh? You'd get it there. And uh, it'd be a long journey, but luckily we live in Austin and there's a lot of ways for you to travel nowadays. So I'm sure they, <laughs> sure they found some way to get around. So after a long, long trip, they arrived at Israel, and they, they went where they would expect any newborn king to be born. They went to Jerusalem, the center of the nation, and 
And the Magi and the caravan, they went into the city streets of Jerusalem and market vendors would stop what they were doing and stare at them. Children would tug on the robes of their parents and pointing at them going, who are these people? But these Magi, they, they were confused also. They looked around and they wondered, where, where was the celebration? Where was the, where's the festival of this new king? And so finally one of the, the men there in Israel pulled aside one of these magi and said, so what brings you to Jerusalem? And they said, we came here to see the newborn king. And this elder man's face looked more confused and said, we don't have any newborn king. We have Herod, but we don't have any newborn king. These magi probably looked at each other. They were confused. No birth, no celebration. Was this all in vain? Like they just, we followed the star for months and it maybe was just a mistake. Could the heavens have led us to a dead end with no purpose, no significance, no deeper meaning? Then the Magi asked around, so where would this king be born if he was to be born here? And they said Bethlehem. Now it's good to know that Bethlehem was kind of like podunk. It was like off in the sticks. It was kind of remote. It wasn't known to be this great center. It was like, it didn't even have a dairy queen. It was that far off. So they would have been really confused. I mean, I can imagine even one magi saying, Bethlehem, this, this makes no frankincense. <laughs> that was original. And many people ask me not to say it. I don't care. So to Bethlehem they went. And when they got there, the Magi's confusion increased. Was this trip in vain? For they were outsiders and they were treated like the experts. Why, why wasn't Israel looking for their king? There's no way that the Magi, miles and miles away, would know to look and the people underneath the stars right here would be clueless. Why did they give up looking for their Savior? So the Magi left the lights of the city and the noise of the city in the midst of their confusion and doubt and curiosity. God showed up again. In verse 9, the Magi went on their way and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This light was calling them forward. It was inviting them on a journey. The light of God was continuing to meet them in the midst of their walk. And it seemed as if God was responding to their willingness to follow with spiritual curiosity and seeking God wanted to be found. The same star that declared the birth months ago was still leading them. It wasn't going to abandon them. So there in the cool of the evening, these magi followed this star until it got to this common home, and they were baffled. No palace like they expected. No soldiers guarding the, the front door. No regal welcome. Just a simple home, humble home. And the only fanfare that met the Magi was that of the heavens, declaring that the Savior was there. 
The bustle of the Magi's caravan probably was heard inside this home. It was probably heard, and, and the Magi went into the home, and the eyes were darting around looking for this king, and then the, the subtle sound of a baby in the corner of the room was heard, and their eyes were filled with wonder and tears of joy for months and months of pursuing and seeking and doubting and wondering, and there he was. The same God that spoke to them in a language that they understood, the stars before them, the same God was there, small, vulnerable, present, and the light of the world was there in this child, Jesus. But now it was the Magi's turn to do what they were called to do, to fulfill their own prophecy. So they brought the wealth of the seas to Jesus, the riches of the nations, they laid it before them. They gave praise to Jesus. So they gave, they worshiped, they praised. And after this moment sunk in, they looked at each other, and I almost imagine it, a smirk on their face. And they turned around east, and they went home. But they went home on a different route, and I think they went home different people. In the same way, the light of Jesus was waiting in the sky for those who are curious enough to notice, so it might be with Jesus today. For who had the privilege to see the light of God in our, in our Scriptures? It wasn't the people expected. It wasn't the learned of the religious uh, world. It wasn't the holy of the pure. It was people who were unlikely, full of questions, struck with curiosity, who were seen as the outsiders, but they had courage to take a couple steps. And they followed the light of God. So on this Christmas Eve, I wonder if the Magi might even come to people like you and I and ask a simple question. Are you still looking? Are you still searching? Are you wanting to find God in the midst of your life? Are you seeking Jesus in the details of your day? Do you really want to know this light of God that we know in Jesus? Or have you stopped waiting? The truth of God is not only that he wants to be found, but more importantly is that God finds us over and over and over again. God knows us and sees us. God finds us in distant countries like the Magi. God finds us in mundane moments like watching sheep in the, in the quiet of the night. God even can find us in a middle school auditorium here in Austin. Light breaks into darkness. Light breaks into the darkness of our doubts, of our needs, of our longings. A spiritual hero of mine, Eugene Peterson, passed away recently. He was a pastor. Uh, he never would pastor a church larger than 300, even though he was well-known. He also was known for transcribing the Bible into this version called the Message, which is such a gift for many of us. It's a poetic and common language uh, transcription of the Bible. And he died recently, and at his funeral, his son Leif uh, said at the funeral that his father had fooled everybody. Though he wrote many books, he had one message. Though he preached for 29 years, he only had one sermon. And it was a secret that Leif, his son, said that his dad invited him in on at a, in his early life. It was a message he said to, over his son. He even remembered his father sneaking into his bedroom while he was laying and sleeping and saying this over him. It was a simple message, but it's the message of Christmas. 
It's simply this, that God loves you, God is on your side, He is coming after you, He is relentless. This Christmas, I want to say this about the light of Christ, that Jesus loves you, Jesus is on your side, Jesus is coming after you, He is relentless. This is what light does. It breaks into the darkness of our life. It relentlessly illuminates us and it calls us forward. But especially for those who might feel far from God. For those who might feel like they're living in darkness today. Because in the darkness, the light's even more brilliant. So tonight, join the Magi. Look up. Look for the light of Jesus. God wants you to seek Him for the light of the world has already found you.